When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Why is Mr. Finney a Car? A millennial's guide to the action TV of yesteryear. Today we revisit the mountain climbing, cabin frying, time bomb ticking, pommy ass kicking world of MacGyver. I'm Jay McCain. With me as always is A. Ron Hubbard plus special guest Jim Jones. Hey everybody. Howdy. What an episode, guys. You've, I think I may be a, com- a convert. Okay. How down. This is the how- one? I was worried. This wouldn't be the one. <laughs> I was worried. I was like, I was uh-huh. like, I thought this was a, a wild and crazy MacGyver episode. And it I know was. It's, and it's, it, it blows, was. It, it blows my mind that this is the best episode as voted by, I mean, I guess it's the Murdoch thing because people love Murdoch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The return of Murdoch. I mean, um, how couldn't you after this? And I have questions about Murdoch overall that we'll get to. But, the kind um, of answers. I I went deep dive on Murdoch. <laughs> I watched a couple of other episodes, at least couple. parts of them. Uh, there might be some apocrypha somewhere okay. in in this particular episode or mm. in Murdoch's backstory. But I'm I'm really excited to talk about that. Okay, well I am too. Um, I love this episode, and overall, uh, without any spoilers or anything, I think the gestalt of it to me, if I'm using that word correctly is this was a Batman versus a Joker movie in the mm-hmm. form of a MacGyver TV episode. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and it I just really like, enjoyed it. It felt a little bigger. Like, I, I maybe this is MacGyver's calling card because it was, like, filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia, when that was kind of, mm. I still think, rare. So the they novelty. had... But, but it, it, did, it did do a lot of what looks like on location, you know, up a mountain... Yes. renting helicopter type shooting yep. and i think that was rare in the day you know i i definitely file this under we got a helicopter and we're gonna use it television yeah yeah there's some sweeping shots um they they're like some producer went on a vacation was like we got to do an episode here <laughs> they, they, they went with the team from airwolf and said hey you guys got helicopters right <laughs> the same guys i'm some, sure we could find some synergy uh-huh. we could find some synergy I also, here i was pleasantly surprised that this is produced by henry winkler yeah like, i just i love that he got up to it like him and ron howard like mm-hmm. they're like happy days is just the beginning they're moguls baby <laughs> that was that yeah um the the i i looked it up because these locations were stunning and i was wondering like where they did film it apparently this was the uh, this was all filmed in mount garibaldi provincial park in british columbia uh hmm. except for that's where all the hmm. like surrounding town sh- stuff and like the the faraway shot of the mountain but the actual mm-hmm. location of the Widowmaker is a, a part of the mountain called stalamus chief from stalamus chief provincial park in squamish british columbia um but they're just really? fanta- fantastic locations man squamish they, bc 
yeah that's the the name the the name of the town uh, unless i'm i mean maybe there's a weird canadian pronunciation of it uh, you know oh, I'm, I'm looking it up right now that's like the like name how of indiana like... there's a town uh, Versailles, <laughs> but it's pronounced for sales like it could be something like that but it's oh. squamish bc uh the the most the closest like um um indian community to where i live is called the squamish so oh I'm well, just i'm sure of... it's got to be related right you guys are like a on, stone's uh... throw away well, British Columbia is a large <laughs> province. Nah, nah, I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm wondering if it's on pretty Vancouver sure Island. <laughs> anyway, now I'm like, yeah, it's one of those small provinces. Anyway, I'm curious to hear is like, why are you a convert to MacGyver after this episode? Because this thing is like so many levels up MacGyver's ass in terms of like the backstory and the background and the back characters. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird kind of rhyming episode there's like a there's like a first half and then a second half and they're all bridged Uh together and it's it's but you know like what 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 is it to saying to you about this episode well there's some legitimately good creative writing going on here like you said how it kind of like it 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 sets it up and then it, it revisits the setup at the end and um i thought that was like actually good writing and they just pulled out all the stops. They pulled out all sorts of fireworks and explosions, and they destroyed some cars. And <laughs> and that and they did. One thing that I've discovered from doing this podcast is I really don't like media that wastes my time. And I kind mm. of already knew that. Like um, George R. R. Martin, I'm looking at you. <laughs> what this was like action packed, and like they they didn't. I don't know, like. I felt like I pretty much got the whole backstory of uh, Muldoon. That's his name, not Muldoon. <laughs> Muldoon. Murdoch. Murdoch. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> like, you t- what's in a name exactly? It's like okay, there's something happened where he got his face burned off, and MacGyver was involved in that. So, and Murdoch's just a great name for a villain. Murdoch. It's a yeah. strong. It's a. It it's is. a powerful name. I like it. it. Is. Um, it's funny because like you mentioned that like apparently there's this backstory we got burnt up because that's we actually meet Murdoch the first time we meet him that's the, his backstory is him and MacGyver crossed swords long ago and MacGyver got the better of him and he sworn revenge it's like it's this weird like you got the same experience we did on the first time around because he doesn't have an origin <laughs> episode it's origin predates the series nice dude which How is pretty is cool they rebooted this show right Mm-hmm. They did reboot the show, and I wonder. Uh, they 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 do have a rebooted Murdoch, and he's the uh, creepy guy. Do you remember the the guy that the Joker, the Heath Ledger Joker, recruits to like dre- um to to um give him his cop uniform, and he's like the giggly guy that Batman's interrogating up in the apartment. He plays Murdoch in the reboot. Got you. So yet another Batman and Joker. True connection. True. They, they, I just think this was that. the Dark Knight of MacGyver, and I will I will die on that very very tall mount mountain. I think I think you're onto something. It is I, definitely like a more brooding MacGyver. It's it's weirdly not representative of most of MacGyver. This hmm. is a very strange MacGyver episode, which is why it was like weird to hear you say, "Oh, this is the one that did it." Right. <laughs> you might not like the rest Uh-oh. of MacGyver. <laughs> I only well, like Moody MacGyver. 
Yeah, uh-huh. they, they even it's that's even contained in the episode because everyone, all of Mac's right. old friends, is like, "Oh, we're worried about Mac. The light's gone out of him. He's got no smile. <laughs> He's just this right. string fellow Hawkian type figure." Uh, suddenly. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Airwolf joke. I know why this I've... guy didn't get it. I was hoping that she would <laughs> would would spark a memory cell. Or I two, forgot but... that his name is so bizarre. String fellow hawk. Yep. String fellow. Yes. String fellow. Wow. Wow. That's a name. Right, I thought Murdoch name, was good. <laughs> That's the hero. Wait, do you see what the villains are called in Airwolf? Uh, yeah, Airwolf. Uh, um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, like I say, I just, it was action packed. The villain is a lot of fun. Um, the the stakes are pretty high. I would say, and like they pulled, they didn't pull their punches. They, I I did not think some of the things. Again, I'm trying to tiptoe around any sort of like spoiler stuff at this moment, but I was surprised with some of the plot advancement that happened very early on in the episode. So you know, I'm glad you, know you the liked intrusive, it. The intrusive thoughts meme. That's what's going on in my head the entire time <laughs> in this episode. I'm like, oh, maybe this will happen. And then uh-huh. I'm like, sure. Well, that's crazy. That'll never happen. And then it immediately <laughs> happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was so happy to see it. Uh, I'm glad you liked it, Jay. I got to say that this it's like I felt like this is a weirdly non-representative MacGyver episode. And I was really disappointed in the improvised equipment. I thought that the enterprise equipment, like, yeah, yeah, like I was thinking for the number, and I I can see why this is the number one because Murdoch is a fan favorite. He is this big nemesis. It's the second time he returned. It's also like got the death of a fairly major character. She'd been in a couple episodes, you know, uh, one half of, or I guess one third of the trio of her and uh, Jack, what's his face, Uh, uh, Jack Dalton, who, by the way. Is he the direct inspiration for Baloo the Bear in Tailspin? Jack because I, Dal- I, I I did a ton of research and reading and like I started making connections in my kid like my kid and adult brain. And Jack Dalton is this uh like fly by night unlicensed pilot that flies this cargo plane, like twin detailed cargo plane. And his standard outfit looks exactly like Baloo from Tailspin. He's got the like World War II bomber jacket with the fucking hat and the the cat. I mean, it's like how I I it it I wish I could go back and be a writer for kids shows in the eighties. Yeah, for real. Because all I have to do is take whatever mm. is on the drama, file the sex off, uh, <laughs> dumb down the violence, and I'm just done. I'm just done. Yeah. Yeah, you know, making yeah. a talking bear. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I guess the 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 gadget of the series dies in this episode. You know, if I'm if I'm 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 going from mm-hmm. Tailspin to Rescue Rangers, I guess in my because I was there a lady was there a lady mm-hmm. in, res- in in Tailspin? It was just always uh, Baloo um, fucking with Sheer Khan and yeah, boy, I can't remember. How did they, they make? How did they make a multi? <laughs> did they make a multi-episode season multi-season thing out of Baloo the Bear doing (laughs) illicit cargo runs for Shere Khan the Tiger what did he ever like was he ever in a competition against Launchpad no I don't think there was any any Launchpad I I mean Disney Afternoons got up to wild shit is what I'm saying Mm -hmm. 
It's, anyway. So Tailspin is set in the Jungle Book universe. It's the Jungle Book <laughs> universe where Blue everyone a wears hum- human oh. clothes and pilots human technology and has human business concerns. Like, Shere Khan is Lex Luthor. He runs a multinational <laughs> business that needs some illegal stuff done, and that's where he turns the... And then, He's like the job of the. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, like, I cannot remember a single episode of that show. Oh, the monkey, the orangutan's a big, yeah, uh, big, big part of it. But I can't remember a single plot. But like, I remember all the characters and their shtick. I just can't remember like why they did anything that they did. Rescue Rangers. That makes sense. They're rescuing people. You know. Right. They're, yeah. They're they're, they're, they're an, an outfit. They're like a team. You know. Tailspin was a little bit more like Firefly. Like I feel like there's a lot of illegal cargo. You can't take this guy from Baloo for sure. (laughs) (laughs) He's always he's always he's always flashing back to the Battle Uh. of Mowgli. But anyway, uh, MacGyver, we're going off on tangents. We're going off on a whole bunch of '80s tangents here. Um, Should we start with the episode, or is there any more? Let's Bullshit get into we it. Have to disp- dispense. Do you want me to take I, it, or you? I did you laugh me? at the fact that it kind of starts with him uh, climbing a mountain because that came up in, um, uh, I want to call it Feeny. That's not what the show's called. Knight Rider. There's a whole episode where he goes and has some R and R where he's gonna mountain well, climb. Well, not only that, but the pilot episode of MacGyver begins with him free climbing a sheer mm-hmm. cliff in Central oh, that's Asia. Right. That's and right. no mention hey, of fear of heights. Wait a minute, you're right. <laughs> yeah. No, no fear Whoa. of heights. This is what I'm talking about with the apocrypha, man. They're they're <laughs> retconning this fear of heights. I don't get it. Maybe and there's wonder, an episode did, where he develops a fear of heights in like season two. That's what I was wondering. Right. Yeah. I was actually wondering if sometime between the pilot and this episode, they just worked that in. It's like, you know what? MacGyver, he's too much of a a, a Gary stew. We got to give him a weakness. And it's like heights. <laughs> yeah. Because again, he's free climbing a way gnarlier thing. Yeah. Solo, no backup, looking like Papa fucking Smurf. In the pilot episode, so. maybe his other best friend fell off a mountain. Before oh, that's <laughs> it. That's it. That gave his, a real his male, now. his male best friend from college, Michelle, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> died. And this is his female nice. best friend from college, Mike. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, did they invent mountain climbing in the in the '80s or something? Because it's like this. There's cliffhanger. There, there's you know there was what? definitely. I c- I kind of think that they did invent like mass market, like rugged outdoor North Face type shit, like Gore Tex. Yeah, and then that like that opened it up because before you had to have these elaborate systems of furs and undergarments and pitons and all this, all this shit. And right. now you just you just went to REI and you bought a bunch of plastic shit and it lasted forever and kept baby. you warm. And yeah. Yeah, this is why there's a lot of brightly colored corpses on Mount Everest right now. <laughs> yes, yes, they died wearing uh. this shit. That's exactly yeah. where blue boots came from. Yeah, he's he's looking like Papa Smurth in that, and his ass has been on the Himalayas for forty years. Yeah. If it's all right with you, I'll put the uh, recap uh, crown upon your head. Uh, so, like as we mentioned, uh, the it opens like the pilot did with him scaling a sheer cliff, and he's uh, mm-hmm. talking about how much he hates notes, and they exposit that he is with uh, a previously established character. This is again one of his best friends from college, Mike. Right, right. Uh, and she's coaching him through his fear of heights on a very difficult free climb. 
<laughs> right. It seems like maybe an advanced climb for where he's at. <laughs> but he is like a super agent kind of like, you know, yeah. it's he's, you know, um, he's, he's <laughs> he climbed the whole ass mountain in Central Asia. I want to tell you something that's going to break your heart, Jay. Uh-oh. Uh, so Mike is a recurring character, but she's recast in this episode. Do you know who originally played Mike? This couldn't possibly be like Bonnie. <laughs> Patricia McPherson, better known as Bonnie. No We got way. fucking robbed of Bonnie. No. Probably because of fucking Knight Rider, if we're being, probably because of Knight Rider. Yeah. They recast her for one episode and then, well, and they you'll killed. See. I wonder if that's why, because they knew they're they're going to have. Oh my like, god! Yeah, we'll just we'll just uh, recast her and kill her okay. in thirty seconds. This makes it a lot less fun. Yeah, like because I'm watching this again, the intrusive thoughts thing. I'm like, okay, this is a this is a named character. They have a banter, and then you know they're they're climbing up the the rock face, and she is expressing her uh, her love. Like, she wants to take their relationship to the next level, and mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no way. Like, the plot armor is too thick on this character. Now, if I had known she had been recast for one episode, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't have felt that way. She's like, uh, I, I want you to love me, MacGyver. He's like, are you familiar with the death zone? The part high enough on that mountain where nothing can grow and nothing can live? Well, you're in the friend zone. And... <laughs> And this place in my heart, nothing can grow. <laughs> uh, and then she, so so she uh, angrily and sadly and resignedly climbs away, leaving him in the yeah. dust so she can kind of weep up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the shoe is on the other foot. She's the one falling. She's the one having to be talked through a tough situation, except for her equipment fails and she Her falls. crappy equipment from REI. Like, yeah. It's a classic cliffhanger situation. Uh, yeah. Uh, I buy my harness from at least the $2 store. She got hers from the 99 cent store. I feel like th- if that equipment was designed properly at all, she should have been fine. She falls, she's dangling, she hits her head. See, I place, a, then... I place a premium on myself and my life, so I only buy my climbing equipment from Five Below. I mean, it's it's the I mean, this dollar store stuff is just sketchy. You got to at least be paying a five spot, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, uh, and yeah. So this is like I'm watching this and I'm just shocked. I'm like, there's no fucking way they just did this. I'm like, mm-hmm. something's going to she's going to be fine somehow. Well, you thinking I think- this as you see her body falling <laughs> well, thousands of feet. Yes, I, yes, I was. <laughs> wow. OK. It was, you know, it's uh, obviously a dummy, but this is a horror. This is kind of a horrifying shot to see in mid '80s television. And I think, mm-hmm. like, whatever shock you felt times that a million, because in 1980s television, no one fucking died. No, right. no, no, named character that's that's having like an emotional arc. And the fact that like there's a hell of a lot more continuity in MacGyver than I was giving a credit. I went and was I was like you. I was fascinated. I started reading the wiki. There's a whole arc where the the government institution that he works for has gone rogue and him and Pete have to shut it down and it gets transformed into the fiend. Like there's multiple season long arcs of like this cloak and dagger shit. People must have really ate this stuff up. It was it was kind of fresh. Yes. Uh, and, fresh to death, as the kids say. 
And again, I got my notes. This 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 helicopter shot. It is like a lot of things that work is because the ter- the the heights that they're filming from are terrifying. And uh, like I'm kind of I got I got pretty mild fear of heights, or I guess pretty uh, pretty severe fear of heights. And this shit gave me like vertigo. Some of the some <laughs> of the camera angles they were pushing. I have a healthy respect for heights. <laughs> some would say. Some would say. Some would call fear, but I think mm-hmm. it's a very logical. I do want to say this is a quick tangent, but um, when you and I were in the Red River Gorge, there's a at the end of our hike, we're both sitting at the edge of one of this bl- this bluff. I think it was me. I, I throw like a stick off the edge, and there's just like a ten second hang time, and we hear it hit way below, and we both just scoot back like ten. Yeah. Feet. Let's let's get, a, let's get a body length away from this this ledge, shall we? Yeah. Uh, but yes, um, I was quite shocked at the uh, death. And here's the thing, too, like she falls. It happens fast. She hits her head. Her harness breaks. She falls. I'm still like thinking, you know, next next scene is gonna be her at the hospital in a full body cast or something. Oh man, yeah. No, it's immediate. They're, they're talking about the funeral. Like mm-hmm. they got no, they, she's dead, fr- dead. They fridged her pretty, <laughs> pretty quickly. They did, they did. Uh, and I guess that's the that's one criticism you can level at it is they killed a whole ass woman just to give <laughs> Mac a forty minute arc in his character. But I'm not you know, getting over his fear of heights. <laughs> just to get over his fear. Uh, our hero, this crippling fear of heights. We we wrote ourselves into a corner because it turns out a man of action has to get up high a lot. So like, uh, what do we got, boys? Uh, college girlfriend. Let's kill her on a mountain. And have him save another girl in the exact same situation. Totally curious heights. I like it. I like it. Let's go. Let's uh-huh. go with just that. Can we make uh, sure there's another love interest by the end of the episode? Of course. Right. And 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 maybe hotter because you know we have a downgrade here from Bonnie to this. We need we need to punch it up a bit. You know, Richard Dean. Is it just me or did Anderson. they look almost identical? They did. Yes. Like I almost. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait, she's back? She's working at the institute? It's, I thought she died. a flashback. Yeah. No, nah, it's emergency backup, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Especially seems like all of the all of the women that we've seen MacGyver so far are kind of cast from the same mold in terms of yes, like they're plucky sure. and they're brash and they're um you know, not afraid to mix it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they have so to be we, interesting to MacGyver, right? That's true. He's that kind of guy. So <laughs> that is true. <laughs> he couldn't have a platonic work relationship. Although no. I guess he did have one, and she died. He did. He, yeah, oh, and and yeah. I guess this also so never this, again. <laughs> this Nikki we're about <laughs> right. to meet is a recurring character as well. Um. So anyway, we go to the foundation, and Pete Thornton, which I don't know that you've met before, but he is MacGyver's kind of handler. He is the guy okay, who assigns him cases, and he's kind of the older guy. Yeah, that's the Pete you're talking about. That's the that Blue is cloned from. No, no, oh, this God is this it. guy. We didn't actually see him. We just heard him on the the phone. All right. Uh, Here's the thing with Pete. You have seen him before. He's in the pilot. He but is? he meets MacGyver for apparently the first time in the pilot episode. And but I, I went deep. I went deep diving right. on this. And this is the apocrypha. Like I, another piece of apocrypha. <laughs> I, I was like, OK, when did Murdoch first? you know, come in contact with MacGyver. What's the backstory? I was digging around in that. And I found out that in episode like 13 or something, I, I don't remember which I think one, it's, 18. It's, it's 18 season two, episode 18 season two. Yeah. Uh, they tell the story of the first time that Pete and Mac met uh, because Mac accidentally saves 
Murdoch from Pete. He's been like chasing him. Mm-hmm. And they meet for the first time there, but they also met for the first time in the pilot. So right. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. Um, Pilots you know, aren't real canon. Right. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, that's the real answer is they didn't think of any of this shit. Yeah. Exactly. They, as they got better, like, Ooh, we like that better. You know what? That's the new. He's a secret a agent, right? His backstory's kind of sketchy. We'll just go with. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll just go and with now we're back with more. Cover, Why is they Mr. Don't know a car? Yeah, he has uh, fear heights. Hey, he climbed a mountain. Uh, forget about it. As <laughs> a pilot, nobody remembers. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. Our coverage of Hot D, Fire and Blood, and the 1980s Shogun miniseries continues. But then on Tuesday, for the first time in 35 years, we asked a question. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Hop aboard the train to Toontown as we revisit this incredible blending of live action and animation to see if it still holds up all this time later. Then on Wednesday, we get our first look at Blake Crouch's mind-bending sci-fi series, Dark Matter. First two episodes drop simultaneously on Apple TV Plus, and we'll have a pair of podcasts quantumly linked ready for you to observe. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Here are the weekly highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. Apple TV is releasing a new series based on Blake Crouch's novel, Dark Matter. Aaron and I are big fans of his work, so we're picking up the new show on day one. Join us this Wednesday for the preview podcast. The Shogun Limited series might be over, but that doesn't mean our Shogun coverage has to end. We've got the wrap-up podcast releasing this Tuesday, where we'll consider all your feedback and final thoughts on the series. And because we like the show so much, we decided to go all the way back to 1980 to cover the first TV adaptation of the novel. Do what you can to find a copy and join us this Thursday for the first of our four-part podcast on the 1980 Shogun miniseries. And finally, the latest first-run movie, The Fall Guy, features Emily Blunt and Ryan Gosling. He's a stuntman tasked with finding the star of his ex-girlfriend's movie when he suddenly goes missing. Is it a rom-com? Yes. Does that mean I'll automatically hate it? Not if the trailer lives up to its promise. Join us for the podcast on Bald Move Pulp this Thursday night. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. MacGyver's case manager is at the office and he's fretting. He's like, you know, I can't find Mac. Uh, he doesn't, he's not at his houseboat. I don't, I, he's not answering the phone at my cabin. Which that was a fun, also a fun bit of lore, the houseboat thing. I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't he own a houseboat? Oh, and I want to talk about the houseboat here in a minute. Uh, and he's, he's running, he's trying to run away from the situation. And they both, this woman, Nikki, who is another long-running character in a series uh, muse about how it happened and they're like Mike is an expert how could she make a mistake and at this point I was thinking do people medium suspect that MacGyver murdered her like is that where they're going mm. with this thing that like because I knew that this is a Murdoch episode and I thought that like maybe Murdoch there's gonna be a flashback where he loosened her belt or whatever because like Everyone's like, how in the hell could this expert? And I'm like, is he trying to right. frame MacGyver for the murder of his ex, you know, college? <laughs> I don't think Murdoch's friend. that subtle. No, it doesn't but appear I, to be. But I was, I was like, where is this fucking going? Why? Because like, there is, they, I do think they medium suspect him. I do, I do. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> 
Well, uh, they might have been like, you know, we everyone knew she had feelings for him, and it would be just mm-hmm. one push, and suddenly, <laughs> problem solved. Also, he got that $250,000 life insurance policy on her three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. <this laughs> Which is, is just uh, smart if you're going mountain climbing. I mean, that's true. That's true. Actually, come on. Come on. <laughs> Yeah. If someone's like, ah, don't worry, well, I'll get you over your fear of fights, we'll do the Widowmaker. All right, I'm taking a life insurance policy out on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pete uh, eventually tracks him down at his cabin. And at Pete's cabin, right? At Pete's, at, I think this is supposed to be Pete's cabin, and yeah. tries to lure him back to life, because it's been weeks since anyone's seen MacGyver. I think it's been a out. week. Has it been a week? I thought it was two, but it, uh, you know, it's it's been long enough that his friends are worried about him. He also grows, manages to grow no facial hair during this time, so either he's shaving or he just cannot grow a beard. Uh, MacGyver might grieve, but he's going to grieve clean shaven, man. It's Fair like enough. the whole effect of the mullet is lost with facial yeah. hair. He, yeah, he, sh- he saves all of his... Um... Hair for the back of his neck. That's right. You gotta let that pop. You gotta let that. That's pop. actually you where you, his. You can't get that grows. lost in. Yeah, you can't get that lost in your beard. You gotta have that uh, thing guy. flapping free. That's true. Otherwise, uh, you look like Billy Mitchell, like an Obi Wan Kenobi. Ooh, if, you, if you're Obi-Wan, mullet plus beard, yeah. you're looking. You're looking Ewan That's McGregor, true. Episode Two, Attack yeah. of the Clones era Kenobi. That was a good look. Uh, so we find in a scene that Mac is punishing himself. He thinks that uh, he's somehow responsible for Mike's death, and Pete reasons with him that punishing yourself won't bring Mike back, and MacGyver angrily rejoins, Neither will work it for you, Dad! <laughs> and it's very, it's, he's very, he's very, like, I kind of thought that Richard Dean Anderson was a good actor, but this episode has me rethinking it. I think he's not very good <sighs> at anything except for smug self-assuredness. He's a good face actor. When he makes, he does a lot of like work with his face. Like when he's uh looking at the the Polaroids that come up later, with his furrowed brow, <laughs> you know. Hmm. But well, maybe not as. So, I mean, at- some actors are just like that, right? They've got that one gear. They're very yeah, charming like or Richard. something when they're smiling, like Richard. Yeah. Uh, but I noticed that with Julian Bashir. I'm doing a Deep Space Nine rewatch. I don't think the guy, uh, Alexander Sadiq, who plays him, can do much but be, like, kind of a fuck boy. <laughs> Is that just at this stage? Because I feel like I've seen, I feel like I've seen Alexander Sadiq Maybe and he things gets better. that he has been good at. Because I thought he was really good at uh, Sir- in Syriana. Yeah. And he was yeah, pretty like Prince Doran. Like, I think he was criminally underused as Prince Doran mm-hmm. in, in Game of Thrones. But, like, I liked where they were going. And, my God, there was really good book material for him. And they just, you know, they they uh, they murdocked him. Are there um, any SG-1 fans here? Stargate SG-1 fans? Not me. I'm uh, an SG, no. No. SG-OG, but not Sorry. SG-1. Yeah, not me either. I was just wondering if big old Dick Dean did anything good there. But I don't know. I've not seen it. I mean, he's got his fans, for sure. The mm-hmm. only reference that you guys have made in the last, like, 60 seconds that I have seen is Syriana. <laughs> nice. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, meanwhile, someone's breaking into MacGyver's houseboat. Mm. Uh, speaking of his houseboat, I gotta say, I, I, it wasn't until my second watch through when I was taking my notes that I realized this was an actual 
boat that was a house because this thing is heavy on house, light on boat. <laughs> is this like those casinos that are technically riverboat casinos yeah. that are like structurally connected to land? It, it just looks like a flat, man. Like, That's it's what like, houseboats look like, though. Like, there's a big every houseboat house I've ever seen doesn't have like wooden carved side, you know, like, like, no, uh, like, no, like no. Lloyd Wright. Frank Lloyd Wright style architecture is it? It's a weird houseboat, man. Why are you trying to die on this hill? This is yes, a normal have, houseboat. In, in the, so there's a houseboat community in Seattle, and this is exactly what they all look like. For real? Yeah, yeah. They just look like normal uh, maybe, houses. That maybe boats. Maybe I am more familiar with like vacation style Lake Cumberland type houseboats, but they've always looked like the shit from Cape Fear. Not like this full-on house. Mm. I want I, I want you guys to Google right now MacGyver's houseboat. Uh, and it's the first result. It's, it's actually a famous houseboat called Land's Inn that they rented out for this location. You tell me. Does that look like a fucking houseboat to you? Because it looked like someone took a, a, a rustic cabin, scooped it out of their iron... Uh, the, the, okay. the, the fucking uh, Del, <sighs> Dell's Hollow and plopped it on a pier. Except for it's you can't really here. It's got a that, chimney. This chimney. one is particularly housey. That is That's for sure. It. That's all I said. All I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna Google Lake Union houseboats because there's some there's some similar, I would say. Oh, shit. I'm not gonna find what I need. Whatever. What, what, what do you do with the indoor that, plumbing in a houseboat? You just pipe it right to the bay and just shit it out. Yeah. Yeah. Hell so yeah. you get the water too. If yep. you want to be environmentally conscious, <laughs> you install a garbage disposer in line so it macerates the waste before it goes into. Uh-huh. But yeah, you just you just dump it out there, yeah, and then sprays it. Yeah, yeah, you spray it. Um, <laughs> so this guy, so this guy's breaking into Meg, uh, to uh, oh, MacGyver's houseboat, and he plays a uh, kids strap in. Uh, we used to have voicemail machines that were like attached oh, yeah, to your house. Oh yeah, this is funny. Never again would this. And if anyone <laughs> comes into your house and wants to hear your shit, they just went up there and hit a button and they played. It was such a it, the Hollywood writers must have just had it so fucking easy for the one mm-hmm. decade that this was a common technology because right. it was such a great way <laughs> to figure out what the fuck is going on and to, and to connect a thread. Hey, um, um, technically, it was peer to peer encrypted. If uh, he was also called from another houseboat. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so this is true. And he hears a bunch of messages from all of Max's friends, including Nikki. Uh, so Nikki, her backstory is she was an investigator with police training uh, who met MacGyver in an earlier season when she's investigating her brother Danny's mysterious murder. Uh, she's got a tragic backstory. Her husband, um, who I think was an FBI agent, got killed in a mafia car bombing. Uh, that was that was meant for for her because she was the one investi- leading the investigation. And as a result, she's kind of like the female MacGyver and that she's afraid to become involved with anyone because she thinks it'll jinx mm. them uh, like she jinxed her husband. So they're going right. to go through a whole fucking arc in this in this series. And I think this is before I understand that there's, is, she was in three yeah. or four episodes and they were like they butted heads. They were always right. she was always busting his balls and saying that he was reckless and didn't know what he's talking about. And this is the episode where they start to cross over into mm-hmm. friends. 
<laughs> or more maybe, than maybe France. more. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I am curious because they they were kind of setting that up. I would say. So it's uh, it's funny because like uh, they so the Pete calls and says he's worried about him. Our friend Jack Dalton blew the bear call, says he's worried about him. Nikki calls, says he's worried about him. And uh, from all the stuff that they're saying, uh, the the this guy Pete puts together the context where MacGyver is with some brochures he left on the table and figures right. out that he's camping at the window. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, one of the things that he found was like. A beginner's guide to hiking, uh, climbing the Widowmaker. Right, right. Great cabins your friend owns at Widowmaker monthly. Uh huh. And it's all it stamped ex- with his his friend Ellard's address, so you gotta know <laughs> right where to go. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, has a fun little plan to like really confirm <laughs> where uh, MacGyver is. Yeah. Did you what? What did you think about the blowtorch work here? Oh, uh, I thought he was going to burn down the houseboat. I uh, did, apparently. too. They made such a meal out of this scene of him carving. Yeah. And I'm like, it's got to this is going to be something fucked up. It's going to be some kind of weird devil mural or occult thing or something. <laughs> and it's just it's just it's the a, shittiest yeah. burnt looking yeah. tombstone. It looks more like a loaf of bread. And it says yeah. R.I.P. MacGyver. <laughs> it's like a seventh grader smoking pot in the uh, like. Yeah. In in the parking lot level of graffiti, but this I like this guy. He's taking pictures. That's apparently one of his themes. Is like calling he likes cards. to photograph his crimes. And so uh, he, has a he leaves card. a photo at the scene, so you can look up at the R.I.P. MacGyver <laughs> that he's written on the wall, and then look down at the photo he took of it. Yeah, I, why? I, why? Though. So why did they do that? Why did he do that? Is that because like? So, so this is a trait of his. Actually, Jay, you're right. Uh, this is kind of his calling card. He likes to take photos of the people that he kills for, like, keepsakes. So I guess, like, the photo... Because later on, Pete is going to, like, pick up this photo and just insta-figure out what's happening here. And I think it's because of the photo. Like, like where the R.I.P. MacGyver could really be anybody. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I could be the neighbor. Right. Well, I think they're taking liberties too. Are... <laughs> because supposedly his thing was he would he was always trying to rig the uh, a picture to take at the moment of his victim's death to keep as a keepsake. Yes, but right. Like, One of these flashbacks is, doesn't... is Buck Wild. He's like in yeah, a van yeah, yeah. and he's dressed as a woman, and then like well, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry, yeah, I yeah, jumped yeah, ahead yeah. here. Yeah, you you you're gonna be in for a ride, audience. Strap in. <laughs> uh, so Pete is shook by Meg MacGyver with no smile, no light behind his eyes. Uh, Nikki at the foundation says, you know what, Pete, you're just too close. You don't have what it takes to, 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 to connect and relate. Uh, you gotta be more of a stranger. And he's like, that doesn't make any fucking sense, but you're welcome to try. Uh, right. So she does. She goes by and stops at Ellard's, which is the local, I guess the last general store before you get to the mountains and stocks up where she's met mm-hmm. by a shadowy man who helps her with some car trouble. Right. Did he sell them the shoddy climbing equipment? <gasps> Ellard. I don't think so. No way. Yeah, if you're, if you're buying climbing equipment at a fucking general store, <laughs> yeah. like that's a notch below the dollar Fair. general. Come on. Yeah, Fair. if you're going on a mountain climbing expedition and you're like, we'll buy equipment on the way. <laughs> yeah, you might as well just just no questions asked, order from Alibaba Express or something. It's just not, not like good. Like I stopped for beef jerky on a road trip, yeah. yeah. Oh, and also a harness. 
Uh, um, so uh, there's a lot to talk about. I want to talk about one thing. How TV people think grocery bags work. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, seriously. The the way this woman manhandles these bags uh-huh. of groceries and like what no hand opens doors and kicks doors open uh-huh. and shut. Like yeah. it must have been a joke between her and the director where he's just like struggle, struggle more, kick it, <laughs> kick it harder. Like because it's like it's. And and this, the the way so Ellard is this kindly old man who apparently is a World War Two vet, and he goes to help her with her groceries out to her car, but before he gets to the really useful part, he is so bored her with his tales <laughs> of his buddies dying in Midway that she well anyway I got to be goings him and then has to struggle with these groceries in the truck. It's the funniest fucking sequence I've ever seen. He was nice. uh, he was trying to get her off the off you know. Her imagine, away. imagine if in the middle of Quint's story in Jaws, he's like, <laughs> "I had eyes like a doll, a doll's eyes," and when they roll back in, it's like, "Well, anyway, I'm sure you're busy, Quint. I gotta be going." <laughs> That's what she did to this dude. Yeah. It's well, so funny. It's a different gender. Every old person had some sort of WWII story, you know? Yeah. Uh, and his and he's he's reinforcing the theme. He's stuck because he lost a lot of but, but, uh, buddies at the battle. Also, this establishes he's a navy man, which will come in later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said establishes the theme of you can put your buddies buddies to bed, but you never forget them. It always is kind of something that haunts you, just like it's it's eating and haunting at MacGyver. Right. So anyway, um, uh, there's a party line. I got a call. I'll uh, I'm gonna be on the phone for a while. <laughs> I want to ask you. Um, what is what is uh what 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 is Murdoch's deal here? He's just hanging out at the store waiting for does does he plant dynamite on everyone's car that's going up the mountain? <laughs> that's a, what actually is, a good that's a really good question. Because <laughs> I know he heard her voice. Maybe he's that good of an international assassin. He just has pitch perfect ear and he recognized her voice from the voice recorder. Sure. But like, yeah, yeah cuz he's just talking about MacGyver in this conversation though. Is it like Kind of obvious. May, I didn't. And he's think like it sitting was. in the truck, close enough to hear. I don't think so. Maybe I, not. Because no, the no, no. They definitely like, are. Because that's why he's making the analogy to losing his buddies in war. That he knows oh. how he feels. Yeah. So he yeah, might have, so he might have a hunch, Damn, and then he goes dude. over there. This yeah. is a. Uh, he got lucky. He got pretty lucky. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> But it is, it's a kind of because I, I was still guessing. I was like, what is he? Did he just cut her brake cables or like, what is he doing? No, he just, uh, uh, right. so the old spark he, plug. But then he, he like he, he really susses. Yeah, he verifies when he's like, the, the friend that you're going to visit is he. Oh, he actually, he doesn't, I don't know why I give him a prospector voice. He's like, howdy, ma'am. <laughs> and it's like, now this friend you're going to see, is he mechanically inclined? You should see what he can do with a paperclip. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Well, you're in good hands. Yeah. The original title of MacGyver was Mechanically Inclined. <laughs> <laughs> I got two groaners out of Jim so far. Uh, yeah. If you want to come back in season three, you got to stop yeah. all this shit, Jack. <laughs> uh, uh, impossible <laughs> for me to stop. Love it. 
so uh, she uh, she makes her way to Widow's Peak or wherever the fuck she's going, and she awkwardly gets <laughs> out of the truck uh, with both of these grocery uh, right. bags in hand. She awkwardly waddles around the door and awkwardly kicks it like, yeah, I kicks it, which I, she's going to use that identical move on Murdoch in about 30 minutes. That's uh, true. Foreshadowing. She she carries she's never the gro- opened a door with her hands in her life, and it trained her. <laughs> she yeah, and she's like, look at her kicking the door shut. She just like, yeah, she expertly uses her feet to open and close doors. Uh, she sets her bags down and finds out Mac out back, where he's still in full Phantom of the Opera mode, and <laughs> he like is still re- refusing <laughs> to talk. Bad. Well, I mean, he's he's real okay. He's reclining <laughs> on a fucking wooden crate that's cocked sure. at a 45 degree angle staring that's up at the sky this is not feet. relaxing this is brutal. he wants somebody to see him yeah. that's true yeah yeah he's yeah, he's, he's uh, like he's hoping the whole time i hope pete shows up and finds me like this yeah oh, he does get God. a pretty spry from this position like <laughs> what's funny is in macgyver's it... mind if pete asked him one more time to come back to work he was going to do it and Pete just gave, and he's like this whole time been thinking, God, I just, uh, that was a stupid thing. I set this mental thing where it's like, he's got to ask me three times and, <laughs> and he didn't do it. And I'm too stubborn to call. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So, it's a beautiful lake. Uh, he's no, he's no more receptive to her than he was to Pete. Surprise is a surprise. But she goes aggressively for the, did you she murder does. her angle? Like mm-hmm. she just out and push says, her, did you? Yeah. The way you talked about her, it sounds like you pushed her. Did and, mm. and MacGyver, this is before she actually she goes, the way you talk about it, it's like you pushed her himself. And he comes up, he's like, Hey, you don't know that. You can't prove that. <laughs> Not in any kind of legally binding sense. And I'm like, What? What are they doing with this? There's not a court uh, in the land that will convict me. That's right. There's yeah, no this witnesses. Is, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know that I like this version of MacGyver. I like the MacGyver who's Got some spunk, got always positive, Ooh. right? Can get out of any scrap. This time he's down, and I don't like it, man. Wow, yeah, this is so we're... funny. The tables have turned in the opinions of MacGyver. We we like the yeah. big dick, big big dick Dean uh. Anderson. We don't like the shrinky Dean. Mm. You know? Wow. Uh, <laughs> <so> definitely. Uh, <laughs> so she too says much time in that cold lake. So they get in a, a fight. She's like, look, Mike's the expert, not you. Uh, she's the one responsible for it. And, and he's like, you understand. I did push her. Okay, I did. And she's like, <gasps> he's yeah. like, I pushed her away emotionally, emotionally when she needed me the most. And she fell. So you see. Um, I do feel like like in mountaineering club or school or wherever you learn to do this, it should be like, all right, day one, folks. This is called a crampon. Uh, this is your pick. No talking about like relationship drama on the mountain. <laughs> like yeah. uh, that, that can yeah. wait till the car ride home. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many falls we have because of this. <laughs> yeah, come climb a mountain with me. We got some shit to settle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's not a good. That's not a good philosophy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know the perfect place to have this conversation. It's called Widowmaker Peak. <laughs> So in the middle of the argument, Mac notices something and he sees in his cabin that someone's hung up a bunch of creepy pictures of a burning wreckage of a vehicle. And this causes him to flash back to season two, episode 18 partners where Murdoch tries to kill him for revenge the first time. <laughs> and so just puzzling, as, I bet. And he's like, 
But this impossible because Murdoch is dead. And just then Murdoch pops up at a window and says, not quite MacGyver. And he opens up with the flamethrower. <laughs> it's your turn to burn. It's amazing. And in, and in one of the most badass sequences, he burns through a glass. Through glass. I think it's real in real time with this flamethrower. It's badass. It is pretty good. Yeah, it looks good. Um, this is only the second encounter in the show between these guys. Yes, technically the third, third. canonically, second that right. we actually see in the show. Right. I thought this would be like four or five Murdoch episodes deep at least. He is very he's he's very like season seven crickety ricket already <laughs> with the facial scarring uh-huh. and the hair. Because uh-huh. like I, in his first appearance, I looked him up. He's kind of a pretty boy. He's got smooth, slick back, mm-hmm. kind of uh, like Jeremy Steve. Irons hair. Yeah, uh, kind, uh, yeah. Kind of talks like Sting too. <laughs> And he's pretending to be a woman in that first encounter, right. which yes. is yeah. So you need him to look nice and pristine, right? Right. <laughs> and have right. women pristine, being all pristine. scarred up. Ah, that explains it. Um, this is also kind of a um, wussy flamethrower. It goes about eight feet. And <laughs> yeah, this is one. Them, this out. is one of them propane flamethrowers. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. slinging napalm, napalm at all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it'll do the job though. Like that mattress goes up, man. Yeah, yeah it's a kind of short move. range for this kind of back short then, range. Yeah. Back then, that mess that that mattress was ninety percent asbestos too, so mm-hmm. like yeah. it was really burning up. Catching that thing on fire is no joke. And uh, yeah. this is one of the lamer Mac improvisations. He just grabs a mattress, oh, yeah. uses as a makeshift shield to back himself out the door, and kind of traps uh, Murdoch in the building with it. I right. guess. Yeah, he kind of paints himself into a corner with a flamethrower <laughs> he sure does and like, it, it buys oh, it, it buys oh. him a minute or two right so right yeah uh, uh murdoch takes his time like he's having fun with it again he he's is. the joker this isn't about just killing right he, he's in um, he's in control he wants to snap a few photos have a mm-hmm. few laughs he knows he's got this car booby trapped and that's what they do they run down the path right. to get to their cars max jeep's been sabotaged but nikki's truck's still going uh, he starts it up, but unbeknownst to him, it starts a countdown to a stick of dynamite, old school, like Dick Dastardly style bomb yeah. uh, that's uh, put to the bottom right, of her Jeep. So this is a callback to the previous encounter with MacGyver, because the the, the time, I, th- I think the time that I remember Murdoch blowing up is this episode in season two, where... Mm-hmm. He's got Pete and MacGyver trapped in the back of a truck. Yeah. He's going to blow them up with dynamite, <laughs> but they get out. His go-to move is dynamite, apparently. Uh, and so he, like, rushes them in a truck with a stick of dynamite that he's lit. He's holding it and driving at them. Oh, my God. And MacGyver throws a rock at the window, and the window breaks, and it startles Murdoch. He drops it in his own truck, dynamite, <laughs> and then he blows up. So I think the dynamite is actually like a callback to the last encounter with MacGyver. Um, Maybe the lesson learned should be let's not do dynamite next time. (laughs) Yeah. And this is all rigged up nice. As soon as MacGyver hits the car, the car auto locks. locks. The windshield wiper deploys a message that I guess Murdoch has written on an old pair of underwear in shoe (laughs) polish (laughs) that says bye bye time to fry. And it's great. It's pretty great. Uh-huh. It's very Wiley Coyote, actually. It it's is. extremely it Wiley is. Coyote. 
I was really hoping for like a, a complicated MacGyver escape from this car, not just kicking out the window. That's, I was hoping he'd like tear you. a panel off a door and yeah. like rework the the innards to get out of the car. But he doesn't do any of that. He just no, kicks a window out. He does. Yeah, he hears the the bomb ticking. He intuits that they have a very short amount of times. So he just gets in the back seat, kicks out a window of the truck, and and scrapers through it. Now, she hits the ground wanting to run. He grabs her ankle and takes her down, like Mortal Kombat style. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, look. And they look up the trail. It's all been wired with mines. Oh, right. With mines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all these tripwire mines. Uh, uh, he's like, which, there's only one way to go, and it's up. I have a question about that later. Um, <laughs> one of the unresolved plot points the mines and also um, oh when the insurance adjusters <laughs> the claims adjusters show up for pete's houseboat it's gonna oh, be a bad scene well, that's what i was thinking i was thinking that like when pete and jack finally get there they're like running up the trail <laughs> mac mac we're coming they both we're gonna we're gonna open up the next episode of two more funerals <laughs> it's season they're going into season four and they knew they're gonna have to open up the wallet for richard dean anderson and they're just clearing house all the old characters gotta go all the old contracts gotta be cleared so um we do uh, get we get some macgyvering here well i also want to say that like this is a legitimately cool stunt when he's running away from the car and it's in slow motion and i think this right. is richard dean anderson uh, they do this explosion and he knocks her to the ground just as it gets to him. And it's, it's super fucking cool. I thought it was uh, pretty impressive. Uh, meanwhile, Murdoch is at the cabin snapping pictures and he grins maniacally when he hears the bomb going off. Um, so MacGyver realizes they have to escape up the mountain, but they mm-hmm. can't have a flamethrower guy chasing him. And he decides he's going to MacGyver together a arc improvised arc welder that looks like an Apollo moon landing era weenie roaster. It's it's made out of like okay. a car yeah. antenna and a jumper cable and a heavy duty battery. And when Murdoch comes up the path, he jabs it into his tank, causing it to explode. And yeah. Murdoch is knocked to the ground and incapacitated briefly. They probably could have ended this with if they had gone for like sharp stick at this point because they got a perfect ambush on him <laughs> they're able True. to put the arc welder on the uh backpack <laughs> that could that have been the funny thing if she's like uh, strip me some wire there nikki <laughs> are you building an improvised uh arc welder <laughs> nah it's just a fucking spear give me a dead jagged <laughs> hunk of metal from the truck right. and he just just shoves about 12 inches of of, of jagged metal in in the murdoch's gut but MacGyver, and again, this is why it's Batman and Robin, because they actually kind of need each other. Because That's true. Uh, uh, Murdoch is helping him through his trauma right now. Mm, that's true. He's like, this is like therapy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Murdoch's having so, fun. And yes, and you're right. This is exactly like therapy. Uh... I will say that Murdoch really sets a good example for the kids. He does a textbook stop, drop, and roll when he's on fire here. Mm-hmm. And then he's, he's he, familiar with fire. He, he yeah, gets it's like, up. I, I've learned from last time. <laughs> Stop you adopted roll, the flame. I, you adopted the flame. I was burnt by it. <laughs> you died. That one. I was born to it. I was burnt by it. Melted by it. Um, he then dances his way through his minefield in hot pursuit. He he mm. runs it like an NFL combine. It's pretty funny. <laughs> 
So here's the third Mac improvisation. Mm-hmm. He borrows her belt, a piece of rope from a, a, a fallen tree, and a bracelet, and he uses this as a makeshift climbing apparatus to climb a utility pole, uses his trusty Swiss Army knife to shave away some insulation, and taps out a Morse code message, knowing that Ellard, the old Navy man, might be listening or talking yeah. to somebody and we'll, we'll, we'll hear it. It's a pretty desperate gambit, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. If he's on the phone, he hopefully will recognize this and come rescue me. Now, this SOS plot, um, it works, but uh, it doesn't really go anywhere. And this is more what I was thinking about with the uh, the plot thread and the mines on the road. <laughs> and I think, uh, I think this might have been the end of old Ellard when he came up to rescue him from the from the oh, cabin. Oh, shit. Yikes. <laughs> I didn't think of that. My friend Mac needs me. It's an SOS. <laughs> I gotta run up there. Yeah. And, and of course, it's like, not only was I in the Navy, we'll I was a signalman. Right, right. He's also break. an expert. And now but, we're back. Uh, he he probably wouldn't have made it very far car. with all that dynamite on his car anyway. So True. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Hey, it's time for another season of Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? The premise is simple. A Gen Xer and a millennial watch old 80s action TV to see what still works and what doesn't. In previous seasons, we've done podcasts for Knight Rider, Airwolf, MacGyver, A-Team, and more. 
However, this year we're doing a very special season of Feeny. We're going back and reviewing the very special episodes of 80s and 90s sitcoms. Come cringe along with us as Hollywood tries to warn our families of the dangers of underage smoking, drug abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, and much more. We start out with the episode of Boy Meets World where a high school kid gets sucked into a cult. Worlds collide as THE Mr. Feeney finally makes an appearance on Why Is Mr. Feeney a Car? Join me and my buddy Jay each week for episodes full of nostalgia and secondhand embarrassment. And don't worry, if very special isn't your speed, we've also got some all-time classic Knight Rider episodes to close the season with. Find Why Is Mr. Feeney a Car? each Wednesday on Bald Move Pulp starting April 3rd. We're about 10 weeks out from House of the Dragon Season 2, and it's time to prepare for war. Which in our case means, well, watching a lot of Hot D and reading a lot of Fire and Blood. Each week between now and June 16th, Maester Anthony and his co-host Steve are hosting a watch of each episode of Hot D Season 1. And then me and Jim are going to host a discussion of the differences between the events on that episode and how they're recounted in George R.R. Martin's historical tome, Fire and Blood. That's right, I've resorted to reading dragon books. God help us all. We'll see if my fresh eyes add any new insights or predictions into Season 2. Arm yourselves with all the lore you can for the battles ahead. House of the Dragon returns June 16th, but we've got you covered until then. Check out all of our upcoming Hot D coverage on the Hot D feed or on Bald Move Pulp, available wherever you listen to podcasts. So Murdoch has exchanged his flamethrower for a hunting rifle with a scope, and he tries to shoot Mac off his perch. Meanwhile, Mac stumbles and falls, which causes the shot to narrowly miss him. Yeah, he got lucky. And what's funny is he slides to the other side of the pole, and he has perfect cover, but then as he starts to shimmy down, he swings over, giving himself the perfect profile target for Murdoch to murder him, but apparently he doesn't. So I think he was, I think he was mostly having fun with the gun. That's not how he wanted. He wanted this to end in a knife fight. He's just like, I got to scare is him true. off of the pole. He, 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 he needed to get a. F- he needed to get the film set up. Uh, for, so you can tell he just wasn't <laughs> serious. He's trying to hurt him to the spot where he's going to get his, his yeah. kill shot. Uh, metaphorically. He didn't even have the Polaroid out. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of the Polaroid, Pete arrives at the houseboat, sees the break-in, sees the photo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's why he left the photo, because Pete wouldn't have known. Otherwise, it'd be like some <laughs> lunatic burnt R.I.P. MacGyver into MacGyver's wall. But the Polaroid on the ground of uh, it immediately made him think, oh, my God, Murdoch right. is back. Call Wait, is, B- this, is this a houseboat? Yes. I thought this was like MacGyver's house. No, this is the houseboat. This is this MacGyver's is houseboat. houseboat. Yeah. It's it's ha- it's a it house Pete's first houseboat. houseboat. No, it's Pete's cabin, Max house. Ca- oh, okay. Yeah. He sees the uh, R.I.P. MacGyver and is like, "Wow, MacGyver's been making some avant-garde home decor decisions." <laughs> oh, geez, right. there's a Polaroid of, new- of it. <laughs> yeah, he calls that up Helen. Helen, I think I think he's I think MacGyver must be. Uh, he's picked up a new hobby. It's, uh, it's wood burning. It's it's it's. it's, it's, it's it's wood burning and also he's suicidal because he wants to kill himself. But 
he says he, he puts together his Murdoch and he calls the secretary, says, get DXS, which is their fictional government agency that does all mm. this off the books, secret agent stuff and tell him that Murdoch is back. Uh, and he orders a chopper to take personal command of the situation. You're right, though, Jay. None of this goes anywhere. Mm-mm. Like, I guess it's nice that, like, MacGyver's got multiple avenues of winning, but he has to do everything himself anyway, so none of this matters. Yeah. Pete doesn't even and, show up by the end of the episode. Right. He's like, get get the chopper ready. I'll be there in 10 minutes. And then the next shot is filmed from a helicopter. So it's like, okay, the de- he's definitely going to show up at the end with a helicopter. Nope. See, my theory is is they he got blown up by landmines on the way. <laughs> <laughs> he gets blown. Yeah, they had to clear all the books for season four. My theory is that they have like they just have jobber writers and directors, and they're like, this is about forty five minutes worth of shit. And then yeah. director does has his own ideas, and then the editor is like, oh my god, I got I got seventy three minutes here. I'm gonna start cut, 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 and like. Yeah, so like if if they're running short, they could have thrown in a denouement with Pete showing up and clapping mm-hmm. MacGyver over it, but they didn't have any time for that, so all that stuff got lost in editing bay. But they had two, not enough episodes, so they couldn't cut it all oh. out. Yeah. Thank yeah. God Seems this was not that... a two-parter. Thank God. <laughs> That's yeah. probably why I liked it, actually. <laughs> it is nice, a, a brisk 45-minute episode. Yes. What were you saying, Jim? Is it weird that MacGyver's houseboat looks exactly like that observatory he was living in from the pilot. <laughs> like it's got a spiral staircase, the same like kitchen island sort of thing. Did they just redo the interior and say it's the houseboat? It, it seems like it's smaller though, like they compressed yeah. everything. Well, that's like, like uh Doctor Who's phone booth, man. It's just very yeah, maybe. <laughs> His regular it's house uh, sunk. And then his houseboat burned down. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. MacGyver, he's an innovator. The way. <laughs> uh, so MacGyver and Nikki run to the edge of the Widowmaker, and my God, this is a genuinely impressive and effective shot of these this no, people running shot. up, and just it just looks like it drops off into you like five miles. It's insane. Uh, and Mac is obviously catatonic because he's like reliving his trauma from um, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Mike dying. But he says, our only hope is to seek cover beneath that ledge that killed my friend on the Widowmaker. Uh, and it's going to take a significant free climb with no gear assist to get there. So well, the gear is what got Mike. So that's true. If, if she didn't have the gear, that shitty card hardest at all. <laughs> you don't ever trust the gear. You just trust your own sinew and grippy fingers and toes. But um, there's also just another incredible shot, a helicopter shot of these ads, stunt people working their way down this chimney and this vertical. And it's 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 fucking cool. And what do you it, mean uh, stunt sickening. people? That's true. Richard Dean Anderson. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, a lot of like getting smushed up nice and close. Like, oh, the only way for you to get safely down to this part of the ledge is to. Uh, yeah. Right some plausible <laughs> holding and, and uh-huh. hugging and tugging and heaving and yeah, and it's all it's all in clean fun. Mm-hmm. Has this person ever climbed anything in her life? Doesn't well, seem like it. Why would she have? <laughs> right, which is kind of my point. Like I, I don't think you can just put someone on a sheer rock face and oh, expect yeah. them to be able to climb just down. No matter how much humping MacGyver is doing, <laughs> you're not gonna be safe. <laughs> And he's being kind of asked because at one point she's like, would you hold like, and he's like, nah, 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 you're fine. Just keep moving. Like, goddamn, dude. 
Um, so they basically get to redo the the Mike situation, except for he's Mike and she's and Nikki's MacGyver, mm-hmm. and he successfully. And it's so funny and it helps because that they look identical. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. And what's funny is the the music. The composer did not know what to do with the scene. Like he whiplashes between thrillers, suspense, mournful, triumph. Like every time Matt gets to his set, it's like dun dun dun, and then he finds a piece of Nikki gear laying under or a Mike gear, and he's like, "Oh, catatonic!" And then like he looks over to Edge, and it starts getting Thriller music, and then Mickey Nikki's like, "We got to focus up, Mac," and dun dun dun, and then it's then it's just like it just loops back these five different. Very different cues, music cues. Uh, thriller, mournful, suspense. Thriller, mournful, triumph. It's that's wild. Um, but like you way, said, Jay, it's 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 pretty decent that they end up back here. Like it didn't it didn't feel too forced either. No, you know, aside from the mine thing, I, th- I think like blocking right. the the route off the mountain was a little silly, but especially considering like it's. Uh... It's the wood. You can go out. You don't have you could, to stay right. on the trail. Right. That's what <laughs> the can... Forest Service recommends yeah. for ecological <laughs> safety and conservation. Oh, yeah. But you can, in fact, step off those trails. It would be yeah. funny if it panned to one of those little signs that says, please do not trample the, <laughs> the foliage. <laughs> like, we can't. You understand, Nikki, there's rare forest owl that only <laughs> rest in these acres and we could trample them all. In fact, it appears their uh, ground burrowing habitat has been thoroughly mined. Damn. <laughs> um. So along the way, he keeps on finding Nikki gear, and the the, the he finds mm-hmm. her ropes, and he starts using those so they can they can uh, repel down. Out. Like this, mathematically plot wise, made sense. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah I and then it. then it he gets right. to the ledge, and he finds the chalk, and he's able to repeat her advice to chalk up your hands. Then they find her torn buckle, and he realizes <laughs> it wasn't anything he did wrong. Her gear just fuck fucking fell. And he's got a multi-million dollar lawsuit against some poor son of a bitch <laughs> yeah, that made this seriously. equipment, I'm telling you. Right? Got, you have one job, literally. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> and she does keep picking it up and being like, what's this? It's like, that was uh, Mike's uh, 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 carabiner. What's this? Uh, that was her rope. It's like, again, every this? single time oh, they do the- that, the composer <laughs> yeah. has to do a whole... <laughs> you know musical tumble through the the score uh so they're they're like processing this and they get to the ledge where they think they have safety and all of a sudden it's murdoch it's flying in with a with a giant fucking rambo style knife on some rope aragorn has nothing on this guy's tracking abilities like he absolutely nailed it found it like came in and he was like mind if i jump in <laughs> he's got the phrase uh, he's got a pistol out and nikki does yeah. her patented door opening straight kick yeah. uh he, I, my favorite part is when he slashes macgyver's shoulder and macgyver's wearing his rugged outerwear and it uh, just explodes in the down yeah like all these down, these down feathers. feathers come flying out that's nice um like, I wonder how they actually, how do you do that as, like, a practical effect? Like, obviously he didn't sl- ah! slice into the coat or anything, but, I don't um, know, it looks good. 
Um, yeah. But, and uh, the- just Murdoch is unhinged right here, just jumping back and forth, swinging around voluntarily, having the time of his life. <laughs> I also like his move. Where you, you can, you know, you know, you can hold your knife. You can hold your knife point up. <laughs> Or you can uh-huh. hold your knife point down, right? So he comes swinging and point down, and then they have an insert of him flipping the knife to a new position, and he mm-hmm. grabs it point down again. It's like, <laughs> so I guess he's just twirling his knife. It's, he's just showing off. That's a good point. He does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't change the position at all. That's yeah, yeah. How do and you like, catch that shit. <laughs> I just, I don't know, dude. I just love it because, like, I'm just thinking, like, the, the, what, what's the editor thinking? Like, I mean, I guess it adds a lot of visual interest, but. The editor's thinking um, we only got the one shot. Like, who's gonna notice? Right? Yeah, <laughs> we we couldn't have we, we 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 didn't we lost the light. We couldn't have the stunt man do one more. That so. is the funniest thing. Uh, but the, the chalk bag the <laughs> gets reused as pocket sand. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, enraged Murdoch goes to slash MacGyver in the face, and MacGyver holds up Murdoch's climbing rig. Right, and he slashes through it, and yes. he falls to his death. They well, that, that's a question I have. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> I want to say, though, because they throw another dummy off the cliff. Love it. Surely, like, in in real life, they just threw those things 30 seconds apart. Like, they threw Mike down and filmed her, and then they threw... Because I think it's the exact same kind of, like, angle, and they just throw the the, the two dummies down, and Mm -hmm. uh, there you go. Uh, And the whole way down, the whole 1,200 foot, he's... We need to go to that cliff. Make up a MacGyver dummy. We need to re-edit this episode. <laughs> make up a MacGyver dummy. Make up a Pete dummy. <laughs> make up an Ellard dummy. See, <laughs> I think it falls off. I, 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 had, I, I texted Jim this idea. It's like, we should take the mm-hmm. stunts of MacGyver out of context and then film ourselves running around in, like, rugged outerwear and mullets. And we just come up with, like, <laughs> like the way the Power Rangers uh-huh. uh, took the Japanese uh, robot suit yeah, bullshit yeah. and then made it about high school kids. We need to do that. <laughs> I don't know what the hook is going to be, but it's going to be two dudes running around. High school kids. In, in, you guys. In, uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, high waisted jeans and mullets. Yeah. I love it. I think you, you have MacGyver fall off, you have um you have the gal fall off, and then you have Ellard show up and like look over the edge. What gets him? Rogue Japanese torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a navy man, you see. <laughs> finally finally uh, found him. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, the tr- the danger's over, and they decided that the SOS gambit may not work, so MacGyver prepares to free climb their way out of there. <laughs> right, yeah, that's the thing. They're like, well, it might not. We have no way of knowing if that did anything, so. Um, what? And uh, sh- she... He, he he helps her off the cliff and she she asks him how he's doing. He's like, I'm good. I'm real good. And he's smiling. He's got a smile yeah. back. Adrenaline, yeah. man. It's all you needed. You need a little healthy dose of adrenaline. And uh, anyway, he talks her into she's uh, into climbing this again. Although, again, this seems extremely dangerous. You almost died. Serious. Your best expert mountain climber friend did die. And you could wait to be rescued. But you're just like, nah, fuck it. Uh Imagine if she had fallen to her death right oh here. <laughs> oh, replacement Mike, no! So they can throw the same dummy too. Yeah, that's true. 
They could. They could. Uh, so he talks her into getting out of there with him, and he sets his sight as the mountain as he freeze frames, and the theme music plays out. Now, Jay, uh-huh. you had a suspicion that this isn't the last we'd see of right. our... Uh, uh, it's it's that that we this is this isn't the last we're gonna hear of our of our Murdoch here, right? Wanna, he wanna, he it, it possibly cannot be. I mean, he did fall thousands of feet into uh into the rough forest, but he's a survivor. You know, he's a tough guy. <laughs> he's been blown up by dynamite yeah, before. Yeah, he got some wily coyote sort of um physics working for him, but there's no way this is the end of him, right? I have a list that yeah. we can run down if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. It's like he is he comes back like six more times, I think. Okay, He's thank in every you. fucking season. See? Jim was acting like I was so stupid for thinking that Mike wasn't gonna <laughs> die from the fall originally, but then he survives the very same fall. He does, and I have no idea how, because this is a hundred percent lethal. <laughs> yeah. But but so are the other ways he dies. Like so, I, I have a list of all the ways he's died six times in the series. Oh my god! Uh, we don't get to see the building collapse on him. That's the first time that it that Mac and Pete kill him. Uh, but then he gets blown up by dynamite in a truck. <laughs> he here he falls thousands of feet off a cliff. Apparently he drove off a cliff as well in a car that then exploded on impact. Nice. Uh. Yeah. He's been electrocuted and fallen into a pool of flaming water. Okay. Nice. That's all sorts of and, elements. <laughs> right? That's everything. <laughs> yeah. And then he's he's fallen down an abandoned mine shaft. Okay. That's survivable. Dude, I, I, I feel like I want to get together some weekend just marathon to Murdoch episodes. Oh, God. Just have a mini, mini Murdoch hilarious. marathon. He's, he's Murdoch. Murdoch. <laughs> and, like, the actor's just hamming it up to, like... Mm-hmm. Oh, He's having fun yeah. with it. And the voice. Mind the if I voice. Uh, <laughs> Just so silly. Not quite MacGyver. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. I wonder um, if they brought him back every time the ratings started to flag, mm, since this is like the top rated episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe they. Well, do you remember? Because like, I, I was also like, this is weird that it's not a season finale, and this felt like a really big episode. Or, and then I remember, do you remember the concept called Sweeps Weeks? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Where like there was only like a few times a year that the ratings really mattered, like and that that set the rate of your advertising. So mm-hmm. they would intentionally oh. try to do their sexiest plots and time them. And a lot of times they didn't come at the end of the season; they came in like the mid season or whatever. So that must explain like the Murdoch was the sweeps week, the sexy sweep 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 hammer. <laughs> or they bust them out anytime there's like potential co- uh, contract negotiations like oh, I don't know do you really want to ask for that we got a, yeah. we got a Murdoch episode coming right. up <laughs> right. uh, you know uh, actor that plays Nikki uh, you saw what happened to fucking Mike yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> and that was TV's Night Rider uh, what the hell are you <laughs> so I <laughs> they're playing hard- hardball with these actors back in the day well I do just so gotta what, say uh, I loved it I loved it well, I was going to say, because we we're doing this on a most improved scale. Mm-hmm. We saw there was a, essentially a flat line between the two Dukes of Hazzard right. episodes. Right. How do you uh, how do you grade like a most improved? Like, I how many well, letter I mean, it's, gates, it's, how many letter grades it went up? Something yeah. Like that. Oh, that's a that's OK. So let's say like um, the, the original Dukes of Hazzard was an A and uh, maybe the a bad day in Hazard. The episode we A-. watched was like a A minus. 
Uh, what would you say the original MacGyver was? Like a B minus? A B? <sighs> I was, C? I, you're going to hate me, but I was going to give it a C. Okay. And this this right. is squarely Average. A minus. This episode okay. is an A minus. That's, that's two letter grade improvement. Yeah. That's pretty yes. fucking, pretty fucking sweet. Um, if you want to send in feedback, you can Wait, do you so. Wait, you gotta give me your letter grades, though. Both of you guys, oh. what do you think? From pilot to... The pilot uh, episode of best. MacGyver was everything I was looking for from an improvisational MacGyver game. Like, it was impressive, mm. muscular, in the Mr. Wizard application of science. Uh... The thing that and and I like the scenario, like the the weapons lab that he has to infiltrate to keep the, the the, the stakes were cool. Yeah, I I felt like the MacGyver was just a little too much in that episode. He was a little too Gary Stu, a little too devil may care about everything, a little too hammy with the women, and they needed they didn't quite find the MacGyver gear. And unfortunately, this isn't a representative episode either. So I'd say that the pilot is probably solidly a B. MacGyver episode and the more I think about it the more I because this is a this is a very different MacGyver this probably felt important and cool and big and the continuity it had um but it's still the 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 gadgets uh really knock it down for me I'm I, I think this is another B episode for me it's almost a straight mm. line between the pilot and this fair enough yeah I'm with you. I I don't like dark brooding MacGyver. It's so funny. Uh, and you spend most of your time with him that way this episode. So I feel like if the pilot, the pilot to me is really strong. It, it has all the things I like about MacGyver. Um, so that's probably the A in my mind. And this is the B. And it's only saved by the unhinged, crazy, uh, <laughs> flame happy Murdoch. Uh, I do like and the yeah, falling bodies at the dummies add a lot. That's a full letter yeah. grade for throwing a yeah. <laughs> a mannequin off of a cliff. That was what I like the is most when fun they, part like, of the shoot, though. Like, all right, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I imagine it's really uh, from a, a liability standpoint, it's probably scary throwing anything off an edge yeah. like that because, like, Jesus Christ, what a extra not below, fun, but. Not fun for the uh, Boy Scout troop camped out at the base of the mountain, but... <laughs> um, but I, uh, I freak shit. I forget what I was going to say. Um, I wonder oh, how this I, I liked, oh, when they the... threw when they threw Mike's dummy off, I noticed they tastefully cut right before the, the, the dummy was going to mm-hmm. smack him through the wall, because I was Bounce kind of a morbid fascination. Face. What the hell? They didn't do that for Murdoch. Murdoch got, got to hit a couple branches and rocks and shit because fuck Murdoch, right? Uh, I yeah, do wonder nice. how how does he fucking survive this? Mm. How does he, he survive a, this? Fl- the flaming 12, mattress. 1,200 feet. <laughs> In directly onto the pillow factory. The thing is, is I don't think they ever explained it because he got blown the fuck up like dynamite less than a foot from his body in the previous episode. This could be uh, clone dots. So. You know, I mean, season seven might get crazy. That's the season they, they canceled it. So uh, anyway, as I was saying, if you'd like to send us feedback, Feeny at baldmove.com is how you do it. Feeny at baldmove.com. First up was Ed from Calgary. So this is the latest episode. You're talking about dramas versus serials. Daytime soaps were discussed, but 1980s, there was primetime weekly dramas that were absolutely huge. In our house on Fridays, Dallas was after Dukes. Dallas. Eventually, I got to stay up and watch the adult show. It had a banger theme song, and those Ewing boys sure made a tear. 
through extramarital affairs with buxom ladies. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, you had the Falcon Crests. You had the Hill Street Blues. You had the St. Elsewhere's. You had the Dallas's. Uh, there was some serious things. It wasn't all just action and comedies and action comedies. I guess, I, what's your appetite for checking out a serious prestige drama in the 80s? Oh, I would love to. I would love to. I would love I to watch the Shogun there. miniseries with you. Ooh! Because that's like that my dad's bud. favorite novel, and he always talks about the TV oh, really? series and how much he liked it. And, like, I I can vaguely remember a man being boiled alive, and that scared the shit out of Hell, me. Yeah. And then I was out, you know... Uh, but like, yeah, that 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 might be that might be some season three. Do do a mini series. That could be way fun. Historical way fiction fun. miniseries. Yes. Oh uh, man, there's well, there's got to be a ton of options. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I I Claudius. <laughs> I'm not watching that again. I have seen, seen it, it. Uh, man, because there's also um, one of my favorites is Merlin. What? That is that is that is big budget uh, Arthurian legend take uh, with Sam Neill of Jurassic Park Park fame. Yeah, wow. As Merlin, he is Merlin. Yes. What? Yeah, I think it's got Helen Bonham, Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, I think. Well, then I am in. There's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's 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 a lot of big names. There's a big event. Martin Short. I might turn you off of the project. Oh, I'm back out. <laughs> uh, thanks for feedback, Ed. Virgilio's up next. Says when you're recounting the pilot, I started to have vague memories of dungeons. Oh, he's talking about the greatest American hero. He's a recommendation for the best one of these. I think you're going to like mm. it. I started to have vague memories of a Dungeons and Dragons based episode. Oh, I have Peacock, yeah. so I looked it up and watched the episode. It's called Wizards and Warlocks. I don't oh, know if it's the, hell yeah. I don't know if it's the most highly rated episode, but it's definitely the most 80s nerd of their episodes, I bet, with both LARPing and video arcade mini tournaments. Oh, I'm willing to, Zach. Listen, we're we're agile on this podcast. We'll see we what IMDB says, but yeah, that's a strong yeah. fucking pitch for Gilio. I agree. Um I I'm agree. gonna actually I'm gonna pencil that in at the top here. Hell uh, yeah. Wizards and Warriors, was it? Warlocks. Warlocks. Boy, magic heavy. Magic heavy, they're Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Chris says, I loved Airwolf. I thought the first season was dark. Subsequent seasons were more family friendly. Well, it's good we're keeping it in season one. Uh, I loved the A-Team. Mr. T was a star, though George Papard was not a fan, and he felt he himself was a star and hard to work with. I bet. I bet. Fucking old dude. Not <laughs> not wanting to play nice. With because, yeah, Mr. T was the obvious star of that show. Uh, Dukes of Hazard and MacGyver. I just started watching Fall Guy, and I thought this would be an awesome show for you to review uh, for the premise. The stunts, uh, Jody, which is Heather Locklear in her prime, Ooh. and Colt's badass truck, though Jay may hate the theme and the fact that Hollywood is somewhat <laughs> featured in the Glenn Larson-created show. I love the Fall Guy theme. It's very much like Dukes of Hazard. It's one I, of those... Am I coming across as a hater? <laughs> with this theme song we're talking theme songs here oh you know? okay okay but it's like one of those you know like it's telling a story it's telling you uh you know i'm the unknown stunt man um seasons one and two are on prime amazon video i hope you guys consider reviewing an episode you're doing great work on these reviews thanks for your awesome entertaining podcast 
Well, thanks, Chris. Um, we are kind of up in the air about what we'll do for season three. We had a plan for season two and chucked it to Audible for this format, and it's worked yeah. out pretty good. <laughs> I, so. I, I like I like playing it loose. Let's just watch Band of Brothers <laughs> for season three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm always down to rewatch Band of Brothers. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen it in a long time. I, I it's been a, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. The, I watched the I watched the History Channel version, which so is all like fart these Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all watered down in weird ways. They they really they really soft pedal the horrors of war. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Danielle says I'm with Jay on the subject of gleeking. Gleeking is pulling your tongue back with your mouth <laughs> open and spraying saliva from your salivary glands under your tongue. Can usually do it if I'm in between bites of food or drinks since my salivary glands are actively producing saliva. Oh, interesting. Okay. She links an article from oh, Denta Gamma called What is Gleeking? She says, I'm originally from Arizona and now live in Portland. Maybe this is a West Coast uh, slash millennial is, thing. Uh, I think um, it's a I think it's a West versus East of the Mississippi. I just don't know what is going on with your salivary glands that they are literally spraying out. I can, I can only do it accidentally sometimes, but like it's only certain people have the have been touched by God in the way that they can control it. Yeah, this website's uh, claiming it's a salivary gland expression, but I always. But we have multiple people saying it's also launching water like using the pressure between your front teeth to launch water means that is also known as gleeking yeah. i had never heard of a word for that before yeah anyway so that's that's your uh episode of gleek talk uh for the yeah. week the and i think did i actually shut down my notes oh my god oh i actually just clicked uh, hard clicked on a gleek link uh, interesting reading that's going to do it for this week Feeny at baldmove.com if you would like to send in feedback in the future um, but yeah we will be talking about Airwolf Minded the Machine next week with David Carradine I'm excited about that Jay what, what, who are you what are you doing what you about if we want to find you where do we do that Jay McCain as always you can find me on Blue Jay Streams on Twitch and my my YouTube channel that I've been promoting. I, heard, I was on vacation and this yeah. rocked my world. Yeah, it got uh, it got taken down. Why? Taken down for bullying because I was too mean to the people that got caught up on to catch a predator. I guess. Are you fucking kidding me? Did you <laughs> try? You did, you, did you try? I um, it. <laughs> did you try disputing it? Yes. And the day they already the- told you fuck get fucked. Yes, and quickly did they very quickly. So, uh, like the Hydra, you cut cut off one of my heads. Two grown its place. Now I have two YouTube channels. One is Blue Jay Returns. <laughs> That's for like my more edited, produced stuff. And then my Coffee for Tikapistan is back, and that's on a channel called Coffee from Tikapistan. I even said it wrong. It's Coffee from Tikapistan, and I need help, folks. I need the Bald Move Army to subscribe because I am having the damnedest time scratching the algo, and oh, I will man. return. But uh, but listen, I have the opportunity to go back and do it better because I'm more experienced now, so I can I can do it again. I can Catch do it even more predators, bully 
bully no, child molesters even not, harder. We, we do not bully, threaten, or harass on my channel. We do not make fun <laughs> of intrinsic characteristics. We abide by all community guidelines. All right. Um, good to know. Good to know. Uh, uh, yeah, find it and watch if you want. It's fun. It's a good time. But uh, definitely consider um, following me on Twitch. We have like nightly streams and we all chit chat and we keep each other safe and sound. And it's a, it's a great time over on Twitch. Blue Jay Streams. I always have a good time when I stop by your channel, Jay. Uh, Jim, thanks for coming on once again to share your love for MacGyver. Any any parting yeah, words for the Feeny fans? Uh, no. If you guys ever revisit MacGyver, though, let me know. I'll be back. All right. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to hit you up for a Murdathon. Uh, Jay, <laughs> uh, take us out. Oh, yeah. Until next time. Uh, uh <clears throat> Kit, uh, why don't you uh, hit the ejector seats? <laughs> That's what's falling out of the podcast. Belay on! Belay on! <laughs> no. You know, the trouble with running is you always take yourself with you. <laughs> <laughs>